Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Freddy Krueger. One Jason Voorhees. One weekly discussions of comic and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. That's not how Freddy sounds. <laughs> I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, much, much more. It's episode 165. I can't do. Oh, okay. I was going to say, where's your Jason impression? That's it. Okay. Spoopy. Stop saying spoopy. <laughs> I just did it to annoy you. I have not I have not publicly complained about it. How did you know that it annoyed me? Eric, come on. You're not that hard to peg. I hate you. <laughs> spoopy. Spoopy's awful. Spoopy's so stupid. I like it because it's stupid. It was it was cute a while ago. I don't like it I've because it's cute. I'm really sick of it. I like it because it's super dumb. That's that's why I said it was cute. I'm 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 over it. Uh, it's people are using it in place of being clever. It's not clever. And with that, let's welcome you to our super spoopy episode. <laughs> Actually, there's very little Halloweening going on in today's episode, I guess, except for maybe Doctor Strange. I don't know. There's some mm-hmm. Batman in there. He's, he's always Doctor Strange and the the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, that's next year's Marvels. Mm-hmm. That's the the Doctor Strange sequel because Doctor yes. Strange is coming out soon, so they're gonna have the the, the Halloween special featuring yes. Benedict Where he catches the Great Pumpkin. Benedict and exercises them. Benedict Bumbercatch. Uh, <laughs> hey, handsome how you guys doing? We're a little goofy, uh, as always. Little little goofy. Uh, we are discussing later on, we're going to be talking about The Vision, what numbers 1 through 12. Tom King, Gabriel Hernandez Volta. It is re- completed this week, and I just could not wait any longer to talk about it with Eric. You had, to, had, had that joy, joy, joy down in your heart. Exactly. Uh, before we get to that, we have comic books that came out this very week to talk about. Isn't that exciting, Eric? Yeah, I'm pretty used to it at this point. Oh, come on. Gotta let that, gotta let that love into your heart. How am I gonna make room for all the cholesterol, though? There's room for both. Segment bump now. <laughs> it's time for weekly floppies. Weekly floppies is the part of the show. Eric and I will read a collection of uh, a selection, a collection, a selection of this week's books. Tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may or may not be a mush meter involved. If we're feeling particularly mushy, it goes from one to five. Our first book up this week is Surgeon X, number two, written by Sarah Kenny, Art John Watkiss, Karen Berger, editor, James Devlin Colors, Jerry K. Fletcher Letters, with with Richard Bruning doing logo and book design. We had read the first one. Uh, it set in this weird dystopian where dystopian future where bacteria is. It's the bacteriest. Yes, it's has overwhelmed all of our our medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, we were fairly, I mean, I think I was, a, I had a couple reservations about that first issue. You yeah. Were, you were more positive than I was. Um, yes. 
where do you you still feel the same way after issue two? I think that this is not as strong as issue one. I'm still hopeful for this series. Um, I think my understanding of this book is tightening up. And I think the thing that I would compare it to the most so far is the first the first couple arcs of Sandman where Neil Gaiman was pretty raw and it it's kind of like I feel like this knows what it is a little bit more than what Neil Gaiman knew what the Sandman was. Neil Gaiman was really finding himself when he was writing those those early issues, but I kind of feel like Karen is is kind of standing back and not this narrative feels very messy to me and I feel like it's in need of an editor and that I kind of feel is why it reminds me of that early Sandman is because it was also kind of a mess and it's kind of like she's just letting them work it out yeah I don't know I am yeah I'm more down on this one than I was on that first one Mm -hmm. I am I I was already in like more negative than you were, and yes. this has kind of reinforced all my my worst thoughts about it. And like, it has way too many characters. Mm-hmm. It's not very focused. It's it's kind of incoherent. Yeah, there's in a terms lot of, of what it's trying to say. Yeah, you know, a lot of jumping around to a lot of mm-hmm. in in particular this sequence about her brother who is has some sort of like mental illness like and, yeah. and it, like they and it's a, a plot point that he has mental illness and i don't he just is acting irrationally because he has a mental illness and i'm like uh, it just seems I, I don't really like that and it, it i would like i would say that i know where this book is going but then there is this weird say, i don't think i don't think i can tell you where it's going at all okay uh, i don't know like I, it that last, I thought I was going like okay it they're building a they're this is more of a like doing the functional work of building out this world and like the characters we're going to be interacting with for a long time and then there's what is with this is that a hologram at the end do you know what is that it could to- be a hologram I mean it's the he's what is his name. Hippocrates. Uh, this is a Hippocratic oath. Yeah. yeah, whatever, whoever that was. That's why. That's who I think it is. But I don't understand. Like, it's a like if I was the parts about that first issue I liked were about this main character and mm-hmm. her trying to navigate this world amidst like that. And I think the premise is we talked about the premise is really strong and interesting. And there's only a very little bit of this of that in this issue. Most of it. Like that, I think the part of this issue I liked the most was that bit with the, that patient, you know, who's un, who needs a new kidney. Like that kind of like yeah. that kind of ground level. I don't know. That was a that was a nice scene. Her and the little girl. Yeah. Who didn't want to take dialysis, and she had survivor's guilt. Yeah, and that like that, and like it's a very simple kind of just you know scene. But I, mm-hmm. it really it it makes the main character more likable. Especially after that first issue, where it's like you're not. I was I was a little on on the the, the fence about if I re- if if I liked her as a as the protagonist. But if I, I don't, if there's as much of this brother character and her fought like I don't care about like her family is not interesting to me. I don't like they're they're not like I I, I like her 
and like her crew. Mm-hmm. And I think like that first issue is most about her and her crew. And then we suddenly get a whole issue about her brother and her dad. And I'm like, I'm, I don't like. I that. don't know. I find her brother more interesting. I mean, I have a a, a close friend who is schizophrenic. Um, I I don't know. I he's uh, he's taking like an antipsychotic medicine, but he he told me about how he had a complete breakdown and he was on the streets of of Philly for two or three days, like choking himself and walking up to people and trying to show that to them. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Um, I find him interesting. I do find their family a little interesting, but I mean, I do completely agree with you that it's too much too soon that it, it it's, it's tough to care about all these characters at once. Yeah. There's a, where it's, there's a lot. It's, yeah. It's, it's better to, kind of ease into things and, and build something with one or two characters. And then we see other characters and how we relate to them. It, it's, it could be a lot better. It's really, really messy. Where do you stand? I don't really know. Like, I think I'm still a buy on it, but I'm softening a lot. Like, I think at this point, I just want it to be good more than it is good. It is. It's not a horrible book, but it really could use some more drafts. It's way too much stuff that this person thinks is important, and it's not convincing me that it's important. And I roll my eyes anytime like a character in a in a in any work of fiction is a friggin' skater. <laughs> yeah, I think that that, yeah. That, that, that's just like you're trying to make me think that he's cool just a little too hard. It's rough. Um. I think I'm right there with you that I want this book to be good and it mm. has like I see potential there like and I think I'm a buy but like a mush meter of 5. Like this is Yeah. I'm I, I'm exactly right there. I I can't I like I almost want to say do not buy but I feel like most books deserve at least 3 issues to do, like give me a, a, a their core thesis, you know? Unless they're atrocious, I'm going to give any book that I think has potential a chance with a, over a few. And then kind of if it's still not there, I'll go, mm, okay, I'm done. Uh, so if three is like this again, I'm going to go, uh, this is, I'll maybe see if how the trades are, you know, later on. But I'm yeah. not, not going to keep following a book just on potential. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, at a certain point, it's got to start delivering. I mean, either that or it miraculously goes on and you come back to it. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's – I'm sure there's an audience for this, pe- like, but I'm not it. I, I like in if, – right. if it's like this the, the whole time, I'm – Well, I mean, if we had if we had judged the Sandman off those first six or so issues, yeah, we would never have had the Sandman because they were terrible. I Yeah, I think it's I, – I think that – it is harder for books nowadays to to do that. Like mm-hmm. books nowadays have to be not just not just great, but also sell really well in those first, yeah. especially Marvel and DC. This is since it's not since it's an indie created book, like they can you can skate by on much lower sales figures and keep going, you know, and still produce. Mm-hmm. So you know there may still be a diamond in the rough here, and we're I think our buy mush double buy mush meter five kind of. I guess best illustrates that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our next book, 
is Doctor Strange and the Sorcerers Supreme, uh, written by Robbie Thompson, pencils Javier, Javier Rodriguez, inks Alvaro Lopez, colors Jordi Belair, letters Joe Caramagna. You said it right. I did say it right. I can I can do that now. Uh, this is I I I'm assu- I'm assuming that because Jason Aaron's Doctor Strange book has done, I don't I don't really know how well it's done, but I assume it's done well enough because and of course there's a movie coming out. So there were two Doctor Strange number ones that came out on Wednesday, two different Doctor Strange books. I don't know. The other one looked sort of like one of those. I'm not sure what it was. I this one looked. I don't know. It looked more promising to me, so I picked this one. We're not going to read more more than one Doctor Strange book in one week. Um, this is like a Doctor Strange team up with other time. Him and Merlin shows up and is like, "Hey, I need you. Mm-hmm. I need you. We're going to travel through time and with other sorcerers, including Wiccan, a much older Wiccan. Um, I I like it. I, I don't. Yeah, like, no, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know if I have. Like I think that is like I like it. It's fun. It looks nice. It does um, look great. I don't know if there's. I think I, I don't know. I don't know if like if there's anything more to my opinion than it's nice and it's fun. What else does it really need? I mean, I kind of, I I don't know. I I don't really need a whole lot out of uh, a Doctor Strange comic. I mean, it's time traveling with lots and lots of uh, dudes using magic, mm-hmm. and it's weird yeah it is weird and it's fun and it looks glorious i mean i am i i I, i'm really okay with this you know i i want some trippy weirdness drawn really well like that's that's kind of all i want i want i want isaac newton as sorcerer supreme (laughs) yeah i i think that this I don't. Know, I I think my expectations are really high after reading the Jason Aaron run so far, mm-hmm. which is that first. I would re- I would actually directly compare that first arc of his, which is like Matt the attack. Like you hear about the fallout of it in this book. Like there's this force that it's attacking magic, and Doctor Strange had to basically like use all of magic on Earth just to fight them off. But in like it had. A really good uh, point of view and kind of tone of, and theme about like the cost mm-hmm. cost of magic and like how Doctor Strange has kind of dealt with it over his life and career and like how other magicians sorcerers do the same thing and I think that was really fascinating. Uh, this is, you know, it has that idea of like Merlin as like he's done a terrible thing and now they're all these all of them are paying for it. I, I, it is fun. It does look really nice. It is very mm-hmm. kind of trippy, weird magic stuff, which is, you know, that is Doctor Strange. Um, I'm a buy on it. I, I just, it's just not it's exciting to me. You know, it, it's like, yeah, it's a good solid book, but I'm not like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just still coming off the high of reading Vision again, but. I you can't compare everything to Vision. I know. It's I'm, I'm happy to read this book. And if you if you mush it up at all, I'll punch you in the kidney. I'm not mushing it up. I'm I'm a buy. It's just I'm just I'm just I want to I'm just telling my feelings, I'm sharing my feelings. Your feelings are stupid. I mean, they often are. Yeah, they they often are. They often are. Yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh, I'm a double buy. I'm a buy. Eric's a buy. We're a double buy. Mm-hmm. I am not a double buy. I am one buy. Okay. I'm just one. That's that's fine. I'm that's one. Good. You're one. Mm-hmm. Makes two. Yeah. Yeah. Our next book up is Teen Titans, number one. 
feels like we've read like five Teen Titans number one. They keep redoing it and redoing it and redoing it. Yes, we've read a ridiculous number of Teen and, Titans and we number have, ones. And we have not. Th- there was a rebirth issue of this. I don't think we read that. I think I've. I've I'm, we're not reading any more rebirths. <laughs> we're we're gonna we'll read number ones yeah. from DC. But I'm done with the rebirth. If there's more I, of them, they just keep I think coming. That's, just... that's acceptable. <laughs> uh, this is. Written by, let's see, story visuals by Benjamin Percy and John Boy Myers. Color by Jim Charlampitis? Charlampitis? That's my guess. I am, sh- I'm sure that's absolutely wrong. It might, it, it very well might be. Letters that by was... Corey Breen. <laughs> I was, I, I went like, oh, a Teen Titans book. It's written, one, it, the Benjamin Percy, he also writes the New Green Arrow book, which I like. Um, I was like, and I, I looked, I was unsure if we should re- even read this. And I'm like, well, we read, I looked at the previews on, on Comixology and I'm like, oh, that looks like you get this, the scene with Damien and, and Alfred, you know, I, 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 it's solid and I don't know. I like this. Yeah. I think it's a nice looking book it and lo- it's yeah, not, it looks really it, good. It, it does look really good, um, and I think it's got. I mean, the art's a little a little hackneyed. It's it's not it's not like it's it's not ridiculous, but it's. I think it's right there in a good sweet spot for uh, you know for young for young kids, teenagers, tweens. Yeah, I think it's it's good for that. I think it capitalizes really well on the success of the Teen Titans cartoons. So it probably looks good for that. Yes. Um, and it's not like, I mean, it's dumb. So it's perfect for kids. <laughs> um, but I mean, not like, so it's like comic book dumb. Yeah. You I know it's not, it's not like so dumb. I'm like, Oh God. I, I, I I'm going to try and explain my, my only kind of he- mm-hmm. he- reticence in that, like all the characters feel right to me. And mm-hmm. I feel like this book going forward will be interesting. I just feel like this issue kind of is not giving me much new information. Like I, there's, well, no, there's none. Yeah, there's like, absolutely zero. Well, you get uh, this is spell- this is this is this is exactly a hey, the gang's all here uh, issue. I just it, like you get. I I think there is one page of new information when you see uh, uh Ra's al Ghul's. Mm-hmm. New his his titans his group of I I'm guessing yeah his his dark titans his dark titans I yeah. I I I kind of just wish this up this issue was about them and like him that would kind of be cooler because they do look pretty awesome don't they yeah just like I know all the titans already like I know mm-hmm. who Damien is I know like Damien kind of is written like he's a supervillain, but that Damien kind of talks like he's a supervillain. Uh, yeah. So, that, like like I said, all the characters are totally correct. They feel right. Uh, I'm more I'm more interested to see, like, I'd love to hear, like, these vo- vo- the voices of all these this antagonists, which I, who do I don't know, and, like, that'd be more intriguing to me. Um, but this is, I will, even... With the fact that this book is really giving us not much more information, uh, aside from a very abrupt, uh, like, I think there was like a five issues in a row that I liked the Teen Titan books, and then they changed writers again, and then they were mm-hmm. bad again. Uh, 
Scott Labdell is terrible. I don't know why DC keeps hiring him. Uh, this book is way better than what uh, until recently was, team, which the book even kind of obliquely references. It's like mm. the past few years have been a little weird, huh? <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a thing that I think we should talk about, and it's like one of those things you just kind of throw up your hands and say, eh, it's comics. Yes. I would really rather if Starfire's an adult, mm-hmm. I think it's okay that it's part of her character that she's little mere weird missy sexy pants. But if you're gonna de age her and make her a teenager, I kinda think you should tone it down a little bit. There's literally a Miranda shot in this book of 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 Starfire. Like a Miranda shot where you can like see some fruit basket going on, you know? And that's not the best. No, it it's not. I don't know. It's a it's a hard. Like I, 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 we have not really talked about the J. Scott Campbell thing that came out this like a week and a half ago at this point. Yeah, I know. And I, I for me, do you want to talk about? You want to save that for checking in and, and talk about that, or do you want to talk about that now? We can talk about it later. We can we can okay. save it. Uh, I think it's I think it's worth discussing in sort of context of this. Yeah. I have thoughts about it. So let's, yeah, let's we, talk about it in lieu of me talking about painting again. <laughs> I'm a buy on this book. I, I feel like it is, yeah. it is, it's got a good, I, I'm, I yeah. want to read issue two. I'm want to go. I, Damien and his team versus Roz Ogle and his team seems really mm-hmm. neat. I'm on board for that. It is, I think Nate is kind of the correct silly word for this book. It is, it is a neat little book. I, I enjoy it as well, as, as dumb and flawed as it is. I, I say go for it. So, double buy on Teen Titans, number one. Our next book up is Batman Beyond, number one, which we also did not read the rebirth issue. Guess what? We didn't miss anything. This is, yeah, this is turning out to be a really good series of decisions, Robbie. I applaud you. Well, we only had to read like 15 of them before I realized, oh, only two of these are good. We probably should just skip them. (laughs) I'm not making this mistake anymore. Fool me 15 (laughs) times, DC. Yeah, shame on me. Or you. Okay. Uh, Batman Beyond, number one, written by Dan Jurgens, Bernard Chang on art, Marcelo Maialo colors, Travis Lanham on letters. We haven't read a lot of Batman Beyond on here. Right. We have not. I I was not even. I don't really keep up with it and never see the solicitations. I never even know that there was a an ongoing Batman Beyond. It, well, there was, and then it kind of shifted into like Future's End, Batwing, or whatever it is. No, no Batwing is. Oh, see, we're gonna talk. I, we're, see, I, Batwing is the exact same thing, but in present day. Exactly. There's it, so stupid. It is. It's so Batman Beyond uh, is a weird thing. And I don't know this. I've always enjoyed it. I like no, the, the animated series. Was, I yeah. always really liked the cartoon too. It, it was a I different it was take. Cool. It was like, hey, mm-hmm. what if Spider Man was Batman? It kind of mm-hmm. like that idea. And you had grumpy old Bruce Wayne hanging around. Like it yep. was there, in dealing with like the legacy of him plus Gotham. Like it's very interesting. Yep. Uh, I don't. The problem is. I don't feel like there's a niche, a niche, niche, niche. I can't talk. 
it for this like world anymore because they've all like Batman has encroached too far. Like the technology, like another, like aside from the attitude of Terry, that's Batman Beyond's name, right? Future Batman is Terry, right? I think so. Um, I don't remember. I don't either. We just read this comic book. I don't even know if it says his name in this. Um, like Batwing is like, hey, tech, really super techy Batman. Like, like he has stealth. Like, in, he turns into the Predator. He can like fly. Like, it, it's already th- this kind of. And the only thing that sets it apart now is like, okay, a, like he's a little bit more smart alecky, and it has an, a, a different aesthetic. Theoretic, mm-hmm. theoretically, it, it this it really I don't know it. I don't. I don't think I like this. I don't. I think it's. I think it's fine. I, 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 like, I think it's... that. No, I think that's interesting. I. I enjoyed it for what it is. To me, this is like. It's almost like Batman in Neo Tokyo, and it's just really nice looking. It's. It's like a real popcorn comic. Like it's. I don't know. It. It. It's. It's not exemplary. This is a book that I would buy entirely for the art. It looks really nice. In terms of story, it's fine. I love how the villain is uh, Nathan Explosion. Joker-obsessed Nathan Explosion? Joker-obsessed Nathan, yeah. Perfect. With Misfits face paint. Yeah, it's... The other guy totally... He's got Misfits hair. (laughs) Of course, it's kind of like... Ed Grimley'd up or something. I don't know. It's weird. It is. It is weird. I don't. It, there's nothing like you said. The art is it, like the writing isn't bad. It's just kind of no. I. I just not invested too much in this character, and especially like I wish it was a little bit more freewheeling, a little bit more fun, mm-hmm. a little bit more audacious. I guess like I think it could stand to be more audacious. I I like it just on. You know, a few simple things. This is, I don't know. I, I don't, I can't bring myself to dislike it. I think it's, I think it's worth checking out. I would like to see this book get better. And I feel like a book like this, they can just kind of do whatever they want. It's like an ongoing Elseworlds comic that it, nothing has to lead up to this. Yeah. I think that's what I think the root of my, like, wanting more like i just be yeah. crazy like just go, just, just go bat shit cra- just go bat shit nuts with it absolutely yeah, like just do like i remember that the television show like and it was mm-hmm. even like you know a lot of the batman the animated series was about like these the rogues became monsters of the week kind of thing and yeah. the batman beyond the monsters of the week were even crazier in some cases and i thought like that was the fun part about it plus you had weird their idea of '90s techno music and like mm-hmm. those, I I I'm like, I'll say like I'm a mushy buy like hmm three. I say go for it. This book looks so cool that I kind of don't care about anything else. It's really quite nice. So double buy on Batman Beyond number one with a mush meter of one point five decimals. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our last book of the week is Detective Comics number 943, written by James Tenyon IV, Alvaro Martinez on pencils, Raul Fernandez on inks, Brad Anderson on colors, Marilyn Patrizio on letters. 
I'm developing a lot of respect for Tenyon. I think he does a lot of really good Batman stuff. It's it, 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 it's nothing that we've ever really followed, you know. Well, I a lot of the time he's I think he's doing backup stories and yeah, this and, and that and like co it's, it's, co writing and like yes. it's always I feel like because Snyder has basically moved on from like it felt like with Snyder on Batman a lot of the Batman stories were coming directly from him and everyone else was mm-hmm. kind of working with him in developing those stories. I feel like. Like now, Tom King is just writing Batman, and Tinian is writing Detective Comics. I feel like they're kind of a little bit more segmented off from each other, and they'll do. You know, we saw the Night of the Monsters; they cross over. But I feel like even in those instances, like you see, you know, less of those. I remember those Batman books; like four people as co-writers. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't. That, what does that tell me? Like that means nothing to me at this point. Like, so I think. Th- in this Detective Comics run, we are seeing Tinian kind of like, here's his vision for this. Like, here's, here's a exclusively his ideas along, you know, along with his collaborators. Um, I, yeah, this is, it's, this is basically Batwoman. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. yeah, this is basically the Batwoman book with her backup team, like with Clayface yeah. and Spoiler and Batman's in it, but he's, he's a, a supporting member to, I would say, Batwoman. And, uh, it's, this is, uh, like, it's, I feel like it is also encroaching a little bit on that, like, the supernatural kind of more spooky Gotham. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, like, w- Detective Comics, like, it's, uh, there's kind of also, like, it's a detective story. Like, there's these weird murders yeah. and there's these weird, the victim syndicate, you know, that's, I'm, we're following what's happening with these weirdos who are killing, like, it, it, it's intriguing. I really like mm-hmm. it. It is it is really intriguing. I do think that it's interesting like how they've in such a short space of Snyder leaving that they've transformed these Batman books into something that's a, a, a 100% more millennial friendly. Um almost like it's almost corny, you know, the people that they've added in so quickly. Not I don't have a problem with any of it. This is not me complaining. But I just think that it's 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 interesting what they've managed to do. I think making Batwoman like a very like front and center character to this does a lot for that. But this this whole cast, it's it's interesting that I've never seen them framed this way because all except for one of them was uh, an existing character, right? I think all no, I well, I they've. A lot of them. The girl were, with the weird, the, the girl with Harper, the weird hair was Harper Rowe. Ha- yeah, yeah. She was like a lot of these characters were around, and like I don't know, it's hard. There's so much Batman. Mm-hmm. They're like there's a ridiculous amount of Batman. They were all of them are around and in like in different. Some had like Batwing had mm-hmm. his own book, and then it got canceled. And like you know, there's various storylines throughout. Those all I got. I got lost in the weeds when they were doing all those crossovers with four writers on one book and all that stuff. I was like, I didn't know what was happening and I didn't want to have to read eight Batman books in a week. Yeah. Uh, so I am appreciative of the fact that they, this book has to be kind of an umbrella where all those characters kind of play without mm-hmm. having to read all of those associated titles to know what's happening. Um, and like I, all of them get time in this, and all of them are really interesting in their own way. Uh, I, yeah. I, 
I've always had a soft spot for Clayface just because of the animated series. And this book yeah. is actually like giving him depth in the comics mm-hmm. that I don't think has ever existed before. Uh, and it's interesting. Like, like, and I think there is a, like you mentioned, appeal to millennials and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like there is actually, there is something to be said about how this book deal, like how Clayface, Clayface's redemption and the appearance of all these younger characters, like, trying like meshing the older generation of batman mm-hmm. comics and pushing it into modernity they, it's they in- have they have definitely modernized it in a shockingly short period of time where it's it doesn't feel like grody bat dad anymore i really like how this book looks too I it is really beautiful and <laughs> god damn it i like not hating batman comics <laughs> It's I, it's good that I can read a Batman comic and not want to hang myself. And they have a I I I'm not sure when I I I don't know if this existed before this comic, but I love the idea that there's a a danger room, but it's mm-hmm. the mud room. It's the danger room. <laughs> it is the danger room, but it's They also have bat cerebro. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like I mean that I like it. It's it's stupid, but it's comic book. It's a good comic book. Dumb. I like it. Uh, this is a like I I I am all on board this book. This is a, a really good yeah good Batman comic book. Even though it's not really, it's about the Bat family kind of and yeah. like associated characters. Well, it's it is a challenging thing. I think like if you compare the way that that's crafted versus the way that Surgeon X is crafted. I mean, I think even someone who wasn't familiar with all these characters could come into that and reasonably understand what was going on. It's something that Jamie McKelvey does really well, is have a huge cast, you go through everything, you understand what everyone wants, and it's super clear. Surgeon X, I think, is still struggling with that. Yep. So I think it's an interesting comparison there. I'm a buy. But this is, this, no, this is a good, good book. Double by Detective Comics number nine forty three. Oh, comic books. Oh, comic books. Oh, comic books. Why are you so silly? Why are you so silly? Uh, that's it for weekly floppies for this week. There'll be more comics next week. I promise. Promise. But what if there aren't? There will be. I promise. Comics all. Uh, comics always come. Comics never come. I don't know. What, I'm what, trying to. Yeah. I'm trying I, to quote. Trying I, to quote division. I know. I know you're. It's we gotta. We're doesn't work, really. It doesn't really work. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop it. Tomorrow never comics. Tomorrow never. There, there you go. There you go. You got it. Perfect. We got it. We got it. Nailed it. Get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yep. We I'm can a move, genius. <laughs> we can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. Uh, video games, books, movies, TV, other stuff, other discussions. Well, we. You want to just get into some J. Scott Campbell controversy? You can talk about some J. Scott Campbell. I'm I'm okay with it. Okay. Uh. So okay for those who aren't who aren't on comic book Twitter <laughs> for like the past it happened like a week and a half ago. It's been a while. At yeah. This point, yeah. Yes. It's 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 kind of died down at this point. Even though there there the, there's still of course after I think the wider discussion is always interest is still interesting to me. And I saw uh, yes. I think that was the thing that always was more interesting to me while this was going on was kind of a wider discussion about comics as a whole, superhero comics in particular as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So J. Scott Campbell, he's a, a mostly pinup artist, right? Like that's what he's known yeah, for. Yeah, I mean he did he did comics, but they were definitely part of that '90s camp of like you know women with like the tiny waists and the you know the big round butts and all that shit. And it I I never liked his work. I, I think I I'm not a big fan either. I just I think the one I think I think of the most is the one where like uh, Mary Jane is like drinking coffee on a couch and like her legs are folded in in an almost impossible Mm -hmm. way like i think that's the thing i the one illustration i can think of like immediately when i think of what j scott campbell is i mean he has his fans if you i mean i i'm i am not he's fine i don't i'm not like angry at him but he's just no exactly he's fine uh he did a cover for the new the second technically iron man book that will be coming out I believe it's replacing International Iron Man with whatever has happened to Tony Stark at the end of Civil War Two. Uh, we have Doom Stark, which we've already read. I, I believe uh, the next one, will, it, the other half of the Iron Man, will be uh, was it Riri Williams? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is her name, indeed. And she's a teenager, which is uh, kind of the mm-hmm. crux of the the up, uproar about it was that he drew a typical controversy, a, yeah. a fairly typical, like even for, by his standards, almost. Sort it's very, tame. very tame. Yeah, it's, it's not that very tame. Like it... you see a little bit of midriff. She's perfectly dressed. She's got. I mean, you would not have to look hard to find a teenage girl that was wearing that exact same outfit. I think that I can't really hold Campbell at fault for doing what he did. I think he did a a. They a asked, tasteful cover. They they, they asked him to do a cover for this comic book, yes. and he yes. did one that was relatively tame by his standards. Uh, it was well, it was. I thought it was very tasteful. I thought it was fine. I don't like the way that it looks. I think that the decision, the the problem is he shouldn't have been hired to do it. Correct. And I like, and he like Marvel decided to pull the cover after the uproar, and I. And like, and he respond, he responded pretty like, uh, reasonably. He's like, I understand the decision. I'm not, you know, I'm not, of course I want my work to be sold, but you know, I understand their decision. Uh, it's, but, and he, you know, he didn't act all whiny about it, but no, no, that's, that's definitely good. I never really read his, uh, his response. It was, I mean, it was a kind of a short thing and there's been other things where he's like, well, maybe I might go to other, like try and take my work to places that it's more suitable and, and stuff like that. Which is, I think that's that's a gracious and good way to look at it, you know. Yes. Like I think it, that audience really needs to be considered. Like if you're rebooting this and you're putting a black teenage girl as the lead character, you can't you cannot tell me that you're not trying to get women and black teenagers and girls to read the fucking book. So why put a cheesecake artist? On the cover, yeah. On a, it, it, cover. it it doesn't it and it, like the things I saw most about it were like a lot of artists on Twitter were like, no, that's and like it, it was it it got really it's a variant cover for one. Um, and you look at the interiors, it's what you would expect. You know, it, it's, it's it's still very good. It's just more you know reason. It's not cheesecake. It's not it's not we you know the more exaggerated proportions it is a book that you would appeal to you would think a more a wider audience and i'm I'm, yes of of course marvel i i think marvel is 
trying to appeal to a wider audience. And I think they understand that that is kind of the future of comic books in that they, if they want to not just like make more money, but to survive, yeah, they need to have more than just the same people who've been buying comics for 30 years. Like they have mm-hmm. to have more, a wider audience or their company will become like, Hey, you come up with ideas so that we make movies out of them, which is still a, a reason. Like, they're not quite a loss leader at this point, but they made it could go that direction if they don't do this. And uh, a lot of artists on Twitter were like, the the question for them was, how do Marvel and DC deal with the fact that their legacy as superhero comics is as as is pulp, you know, and mm. and pulp a large part of what you know you think of as pulp comics are. Is cheesecake? Is pinup? Yeah. Is is that you know the male gaze? Whatever it it's mm-hmm. and how do you deal with the fact that there are still comics both from Marvel and DC that are appealing to that sensibility? There are still comics that are appealing to yeah people who want cheesecake and pinup, and that's fine. But you like what you said about the audience? Like you can't have yeah. him you, if you're this comic is starring a black teenager. Black teenage girl, why – what is the purpose of having a, a, a cheesecake artist at all? There's none. There has to be some kind of – some forethought there. Like I think that's the weird place the comic – like you saw that with – oh, my God, the Chelsea Kane stuff. Like, Yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely pretty absurd, wasn't it? That was very bad. It's all yeah. – it, it, I don't care what the comic book does. You do not – I know. You don't – like the harassment part is the thing. Like The it, thing well, – well, I mean, here's what, – what, what, what actually happened? Was it just people tweeting her or were people like calling her house? Like what was what was really going on? Uh, she got driven off Twitter. She did, Which she is – she's come well, out with this a is, certain – like I don't – I know. It's a Twitter I, problem really. Well, like, here's I, – I, I just don't understand it because I – I don't have the number of followers these people have. Yeah. But, I mean, there are – you can't tell me that people aren't sending a billion messages to Kim Kardashian every well, day. Well, Kim Kardashian is you, not handling her own social media. Well, I understand that, but you also don't need – it doesn't need to be two-directional. You can turn off all your notifications and just ignore everyone forever. I, that's the thing that I just don't understand is why not – just ignore it. There's even a thing where, I mean, if it escalates beyond Twitter, that's really scary. Well, it does in some cases. And I, I, I understand that it has, and people have doxed people, and that's horrifying and shitty. That really troubles me. But I just, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand why we feed the trolls on it. Well, I mean, she I, herself has. It's like she was like she didn't do any. Like she herself had. It, it it kind of resulted around her. She is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read. I think she has come up with. She she had a response the day after, two days after, where it was. This is what happened. I yeah. never had these problems before. I started writing comic books. I started yeah. writing comic books. I got a lot of harassment. You know, just strangers mm-hmm. on Twitter sending me death threats and bad monstrous things. And at at a certain point, it like I got a. It just happened, and she, she she's off. She deleted her Twitter. She turned it off, and she didn't like 
do it with fanfare. She just stopped. Yeah. She just no, disappeared. I and people reacted. No, and she's everyone, like, everyone blew up about it. And, sure. And she's like, she was like, I'm, I just, it's not worth it anymore. And like, she just mm-hmm. went, no more Twitter. Uh, she doesn't need it. She's in a, she is an, a novelist well before she wrote comic books. She doesn't yeah. need to write comics to make a living. Uh, yeah. And her, and with all that uproar, her, her, the, the first trade of Mockingbird has gone up in the bestsellers list. Um, yes. It, it's, it is uh, one, I think most of the people harassing her don't, aren't people buying comics mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, they are people who don't like, they're, you know, they wish they're, they're that, that MRAs, they're, the they're whatever. They're... Well, I don't know that you could. It is certainly true that there's like a weird contingent of angry alt right people, but I mean, I do think that there's, I don't know, just a bunch of grumpy dudes that wish that think comics peaked in the nineties. Yeah, you know, I w- when I was at Heroes Con, I shared a table and was talk. Uh, I-, I wasn't really talking to them very much, but they were lamenting about how there were no good illustrators at Heroes Con that year because Frank Cho and Adam Hughes had decided to sit it out. And I'm like, are you fucking nuts? Have you met any of these people? They're frigging amazing. Just because you don't know them, I'm, I just, I, I just didn't even know what to think about that. Well, I, 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 I don't, I, I like these people are not like I, when someone tells me what, how they feel about how a comic is doing, like whatever choices a comic is making creatively, regardless if it's about feminism or if it's about mm-hmm. if Superman's punching a person, the thing I respect most about them is if they are reading, reading, they're reading like they are. Yes. I don't want them like these people are judging these books without doing without like even with, reading them without yes. reading them and like that's if you don't have criticism for something you haven't read that's the fucking world we live in we live I in know. a clickbait stupid world now where people share an article about the australian reefs being dead without fucking reading the article <laughs> and immediately everyone's like oh yeah that headline that is the only thing that you've read was misleading uh, and you're all dumb. It's, you 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 saw that, right? Uh, yes, I yes, I I've seen viral. If I yeah, that or the uh, I really like it when someone shares an article and a comment. What the first comment you? I haven't read it, but this blah blah blah. I'm like, well, yeah. I immediately ignored everything you said. I haven't read mm-hmm. it. Why? Why is it? Oh, it would take you three minutes. Oh no, what? reading is fundamental, guys. It's a really good idea. Yeah, I no, I it's it's. I know there's oh, comic books are changing. I think every time we have these little discussions, it's very much like we are at a point, you know, things are shifting mm-hmm. and already have shifted. Like things have I, changed and it's yeah. changing more and more. I don't think that, I mean, why the hell these guys have enough clout? They should just be doing their own shit. They really, really should. You can't tell me that as. You can't tell me that if J. Scott Campbell wanted to, he couldn't make a comic book and publish it through anybody that does creator-owned stuff. That Frank Ch- Frank Cho is doing this. It's almost like he blew up over Wonder Woman to try and get people to buy his his fucking creator-owned book. I, I don't like. I think it's just like it is that paradigm shifting. It is like mm-hmm. these guys have gone gr- grown comfortable with. 
their art as superhero yeah. art. And like in, in this, and it goes both ways. The publishers also have grown comfortable with hiring. Hey, like we have, we know we have fans who will always buy a Frank Cho cover. Mm-hmm. So we no, will. That's, well, that's exactly what it is. You, if you've been working with a, a professional, I mean, Chris friggin' Elopolis, or Eliopolis, excuse me, did not fall off the turnip truck like two years ago. The dude has been working in comics for years and years and years and years. He was, he started when hand lettering was a thing, and people like that get work because they're dependable and reliable. They deliver a, a sellable product on time. I, I mean, I don't know. I think it, I, for their part, I mean, I think it is a tough thing to gauge when something's going to stop working, at least from their point of view. Yeah, I wonder if there's like, hey, it's a new, it's a a new solo book. We get, mm-hmm. we're going to hire these five artists to do variant covers. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that it was in a meeting months ago where they were planning all this stuff out, and they're like, oh, well, J. Scott Campbell has some availability. Let's have him do do a cover. We'll pay him X. It'll go for this. We'll sell this many copies. Boom, we're done. Yeah. You know, and it just didn't occur to them. I mean, it's just they've been they've they've burned themselves twice on this. You'd think you'd think they'd be like the cat that sits on the stove and they would just not sit on the stove anymore. They sat on the stove again. They sat on the stove again. (laughs) Hashtag. Hashtag sat on the stove. Hashtag sat on the stove. It's, uh, It's I don't know. I I am all for. I'm all for cheesecake, but like it has its it it has its time and place, and that time and place is not fucking everywhere. Yeah, and I think you know, that's I, and that that's kind of what we're seeing. We're seeing that they need like it used to be that it didn't it could be it was everywhere and it was it didn't mm-hmm. matter, and now it does matter. You have to be thoughtful, and people are not still aren't being aren't practiced at being thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Thinking and reading. Not not so good at it. It's it. Those are they require work. You have they, to... I don't want to work. <laughs> mom, I'm not your mom. I, you you have to. We've talked about this. Yeah, it's uh, that's a little sad. So we've we've encompassed a lot. Wow, we did. We talked about a bunch. I will. I Kelsey will. Kelsey Kane. And yeah, I'll forgo. Really? I was going to talk about some video games, but nothing. Nothing was like I'm playing a lot of Overwatch. Whatever. I got a lot of yeah. Got a lot of I'm, Halloween I'm, skins. I'm, I'm jealous. I got. I am jealous. I got, I got my Doctor Junkenstein skin. So at the end of the day, I'm happy. Looks like Rick. Mm-hmm. The Soldier 76 skin looks like he's a Misfits band member. Uh, a Misfits band member. That's that's great. Yeah, he looks like Danzig. Mm-hmm. He, he's probably Danzig's age, right? Yeah, he's, actually, he's, dad, he's he is he Dadzig. He's he is Dadzig. I mean, if you look at any of the uh, fan art for Overwatch, <laughs> he's always the dad. Actually, there is a Halloween spray with grumpy old dad seventy six sitting on a rocking chair with waiting for trick or treaters with candy. It's really funny that they. Oh God. It's 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 so funny how they embrace the uh, the fans of Overwatch and just they're like, yep, this is great. This is it, it's I don't know. I, I love Blizzard for it. It's just fabulous. You ready to talk about the vision, Eric? <sighs> I have to steal myself. Yeah. It's, it's, we, let's see how long we can go. Uh, that'll do it for checking in. We can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club. 
Nerdboy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club. This week we are doing The Vision 1 through 12 by Tom King, Gabriel Hernandez, Walter, uh, Jordi Belair uh, on colors. Um, I have been enthralled by this book since it first came out end of last year. Uh, I It has been my favorite comic book over the past year. Uh I don't know where I don't know where like you, you what have you read before? I, what I, had well, you read? I understand completely why you were so wrapped by this. Uh, we only read like maybe two, maybe two issues. Read, I mean, it started to look really unfamiliar to me by issue two, and there was like maybe issue six. We read. We read the guest issue because it was yeah. basically disconnected from. Mm-hmm. It kind of it kind of was and kind of wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it is still. I think. It still works. It's still tonally consistent, and like with the rest of the book, it's just not chronologically like in a set time. It's just like kind of just like you could kind of throw it in in there, and it would fit without disrupting anything. Um, I don't know. I love it. I love this. It's so good. It's it's one of the best things I've read <sighs> probably this year. It's uncanny how good it is. Is this going to be? Is this going to end up being two trades? Do you think? Yeah, it, it's why well, I, I, there's already one trade out, and there, I, the second one will probably come out early next year because uh, Marvel is so slow with their trades. But um, I, and I'm sure there will be a hardcover of some like the whole collection of Volume One, which I will I'll be buying all of them. Um, and I I there there was a a kind of a mysterious tweet from the editor who said mentioned kind of. Alluding to the fact there would probably be a volume two by another creative team, um, so I don't know that I, I don't know that I really want that. I I'll see how it is. Yeah, I don't, I, I, it could, I, you know, I think I, that it's maybe they'll go, give it. Maybe they'll give it to somebody who's really good and will meet. It, I don't think it's going to be as good as this. But I think the only the only person that is currently writing from Marvel that could that could carry the torch of this. And you probably even know who I'm going to say. Is it Jason Aaron? No, well, I would read a Jason Aaron, the vision, but I was going to say Warren Ellis. Yeah. He's, I don't, he's not going to do, I don't think. Well, I know he, he probably would not. He, he, but like with all the tech shit. Yeah. Jason Aaron would do a good job. No, you're right. Jason Aaron would do a good job, but I, I think that I, I don't know. It, I, I can't believe I I literally can't believe how good this is. Yeah, it like it, it, like I read it and I'm stunned. Like I kind of want to hang up on you right now and go read it again. Now that I'm looking at it, like it, I am insanely busy right now, and all I want to do is go read the vision. This book is so friggin' good. It, it it is kind of like it is on the strength of this book that Tom King got Batman. I'm fairly yeah. positive. Like, like they saw well, the fact that he was doing this, and he was doing. I mean, th- this and the sheriff of Babylon. If those aren't the best things Tom King ever writes in his life, I mean, he is going to be like one of the greatest comic book creators ever. These are outstanding. They're already as good as a lot of things that I've read by a lot of creators. It's yeah. incredible. It, it's kind of remarkable that it's like a masterpiece and it's like, Hey, mm-hmm. I've never heard of this guy. Oh wait, he's written the, one of the best comics ever that you've, yeah. that you've ever, you've ever read in yeah. your life. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, I think the book, 
like how I, I, I've like thought about it. I'm like, why is this so good? And I mean, a lot of it is just to do the fact that I feel like the voice, the kind of the voice of the book, not even just the voice of vision, but the the voice of the book as a whole and Walt's art are, they like are perfect for the tone of, and themes of the book. Like they perfectly, they perfectly, like they capture that kind of the artificiality and of, of suburb, like there's already a lot of uh, kind of, I don't know, symbols and ideas we kind of bring to the table when we think of suburban life, you know, like mm-hmm. a typical American suburbia and like what we've been taught through, you know, what they used to sell in sitcoms, what sitcom, what, what suburban life was and kind of the reaction against those as, as popular fiction has kind of moved past that. And then, you load that also with kind of the expectations of vision as a hero as, you know, as first, like joining the Avengers as like first as a villain and then joining the Avengers later on. And his, our kind of our memories of him with the Scarlet witch and their, that sorted kind of what it, the things that happened between them over the years. And then introducing that to vision, like, no, I want to make a family. Mm-hmm. And like all of it is, I, I, I think, it, I don't know if this book works if you take it outside of a, the Marvel or D, like out of a superhero universe. I feel like our, like the, for the same reason Hawkeye was so jarring, like, and so yeah. good at times because it was like Hawkeye on his off days. This is like him trying to deal with his life. And mm-hmm. in the same way that this does with Vision and him trying to establish, like, Building a family is mm-hmm. very unsuperhero-like. Like very few superhero comics ever deal with this. Like I can't think of any. I think of like Spider-Man over a period of uh, like a long time with him courting Mary Jane and then finally getting married, and then that got torn apart. Or I think of Jean Jean Grey and Cyclops, like famous mm-hmm. couples torn apart. Right. Right. Uh. Or like all that. Like. That generally superheroes don't try and do this. Mm. They, they are like, and I mean, it is, I'm sure a part, it's sort of like editorial direction. Like we don't want people, we don't want superheroes settling down. Like that's not interesting. So they don't, you know, we, we, they purposely probably direct the ships away from this. And when the, 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 like the identity of the book is like, try and make a family with artificial means. Not just try and make a family, but just he's trying to be human. To be normal. Yeah. And like there's there's even that scene with uh the Scarlet Witch. He's he's like, I've always wanted I wanted to be normal. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I want. And like I think like you look at the vision and he looks so alien. Mm-hmm. Those colors in particular. Like he's humanoid, but like there's no mistaking him for being human that i think the thing i think the one like thing that really like that the issue that of all of them that stand out to me is the p versus np Mm -hmm. i i that i i really like i feel like that this it like really captures like hey let's take a like even though this book is about computers computer ai whatever yes it doesn't ever get bogged down in like 
It doesn't go hard sci-fi, thankfully. No, it doesn't. And it's more about philosophy. Yeah, and I think that the best sci-fi should be mostly about character and humanity and people. And this this thing about robots that are married to each other is it's about character and humanity and people. Yeah. This shit makes me cry, dude. Like it really does. It 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 wounds me a little bit. It I mean it's, it, cut, it cuts deep. It's rough. This book it is, is it's really rough. Like it, I was I follow people who read were I was reading this every week and I follow multiple people who also were reading it every single week it came out. And they were like, "Well, I'm ready for my weekly dose of of pain." When I'm yeah. reading, I'm gonna read what like as things fall apart almost from the very beginning. Uh, for for Vision, you're just like, uh, uh things I'm... things go really bad for them very quickly. Yeah, and he does not derp around with a bunch of boring details. He cuts to the quick of it really fast, and everything that's you, like you just want him to be so happy, like it it. I don't know. It's just masterful how, like, you, everything goes, I, I don't know, like, you, how he's made him, like, so endearing and how, I, I don't know, it mystifies me. Well, it, it, like, he does a good job at the, uh, the fact that I, I think they reinforce the fact that with the mention, Vision has saved the world 37. I've saved your world 37 times. Mm-hmm. 37 set like in that whole scene with the principal he's like every time you draw a breath it is because of me mm-hmm. and I, I and like in moments like that where you, you you understand you like you are on the side of it and you're like he deserves this he does deserve yeah. this he you're, he's right he is a he is a superhero they deserve happiness and he among like is created by Ultron you know he is deserves it like he's had his life it, like they, that there's just all these moments where they really like they really involve the history of the marvel universe in this is which is another reason i i feel like it only works with this pre-established universe in a certain way because it inv- like we we know this we we've read those comics we have seen this happen we know that vision is a hero and that he's saved the world and that we it is justified that he's just finds some happiness with this family that he's built uh it, it is it, and it kind of it's this like a story about two robots marrying each other is <laughs> like one of the most human stories we've read i've ever read mm-hmm. about like a, a, like that the that moment where he brings the dog home yeah that uh, was the uh it was a. I, I never heard it framed that way. I don't know what P versus NP is, but it was kind of like talking about uncomputable problems. Right. Yes. And like it's how the like that fact that it's so relatable to like when you realize you're like, hey, it that you, you might face a problem in your life that you may in deep inside you go, this is insurmountable. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Why am I still trying? Why do I keep bothering? Like, there's nothing. I can't do anything about this, and there's no, I can't solve this. There's no fixing. And then, when a machine, a computer who operates through all these laws of logic, sees all that, those like he at this point he has realized that his wife killed Grim Reaper and had it, it was uh, 
uh, was responsible for the death of that uh, that that dude and her son. Well, he, mm-hmm. I guess he didn't die; he was in a coma, but still, yeah. he's brain dead. Uh, when the Vision sees all that, realizes that this is untenable. My this family's untenable. Like I can't. Th- this this is not. I, this is not fixable. But instead of doing something about that. Instead of going talk, either talking to Captain America, going to his buddies, or or trying to f- work, trying to talk to his family members, he just gets a dog. <laughs> He's like, "This will fix it." Like getting, a, like getting a dog. Oh, that solves the problem. A nerd. Yeah, I mean, dogs are they're that's it's a cool dog. I like the dog. Mm-hmm. He's a good dog. I'm glad he came back at the end. A, bit sol- a small bit of solace <laughs> in in the. In the in the end of this heartbreaking book, there's the the dog is fine. Do you understand what I was? Uh, I I referenced this book when I was talking about the stupidity of Civil War Two. Uh, refresh Do, my memory. Okay. I, I it was I I think it was is either issue four or five, one of the last ones we read of Civil War Two, and I was talking about like how dumb a fight scene was, and like mm-hmm. how like how they escalate like how they escalated this giant battle and stuff like like they did so like so many steps along the way that could have that were like that a relatively intelligent person would have known not to do yes i feel like this book escalates perfectly to Mm. a giant fight scene like you want a giant fight scene there is one but it no everything feels like it feels like it's character driven and not plot plot driven and in that it, it it it's their choices that are leaving them leading them there and not just like well we need to have vision fight a bunch of people yeah and it makes the fight better it when makes it, means it something it, it, mean, it, it, yeah. yeah it's that is it's one of the I mean, most the whole thing even from that's a thing that Kurt Vonnegut would always do i mean from basically the first issue Every bit of that was telegraphed. That you knew some crazy shit was going to go down by the end of this. Yeah, there's the foreshadowing. The, the like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it like when they are visited. The very first issue, they are visited by their neighbors with mm-hmm. cookies, and the neighbors are talking about, no, they're robots, they're whatever. And one narration bubble, one is very. It's just like, uh, yeah, later on, uh, their house is going to get caught on fire and they're going to die. Yep. Yep. And like. You, they don't later. That does happen later on. You see their house catch on fire, but you don't see anything else. Like there's nothing else. Like you don't. They don't. I no, missed it happening. I just assumed that it that it happened. It, there's one panel where an eye beam ignites their house from. I I think from. Uh, uh, is it? I think it's when. Uh, there, Victor is there. I think they're mm. he's fighting. Um, Vin. It's just Vin. Okay. V i m. V i n. Like Vin, Vincent, Vince, but Vin. Um, so Victor kills Vin, I think, in that fight. Uh, Vin's I-beam ignites their house. And, like, it's one panel. That's it. Like, that's all that, like, the book is, the book lets the reader be smart. You know, it, it lets you, like, work through this stuff at, at a, at a, like, perfect pace, honestly. Like, I'm, like, it... It gives you the exact perfect amount of information. It doesn't treat you like you're stupid, but it, it it's not too complex or too complicated that you don't know what's going on. It is the perfect amount of exposition versus kind of action. You always know the perfect amount of information. And that first issue, I think, 
does a great job of setting that that tone never leaves that book. I think right after that that narration where you're going, oh, those people are going to die. Mm-hmm. At that point, you're like, oh, yeah, you you immediately know that this shit is serious. I I, I don't know. It's just masterful. It really is. Um, I, I we haven't talked about Walt's art at all. Uh, at least not directly. Um, I, the only thing we read from him before was uh the Magneto book. I was gonna say I, this is the guy that did Magneto. This is this looks better than Magneto. I don't know if it's he's just drawing characters with more appeal uh, than he did before, or if it's Jordi Belair color. Who did the color for the Magneto? It looked really nice, but it wasn't as nice as this. Well, I, that Magneto book was very stark. Like it was very like yeah. white, lots of white, and, like Magneto's costume mm-hmm. was white and black at the time. I, I'm not sure if it still yeah. is, but I think it's still it's still the black costume. Okay, well, I, like in that whole book, kind of built its look from that costume design like it was yeah, very much it was like, it, it was very kind of austere which i mean made sense for that book because it was very much about magneto was not, like it was very black and white like he was going on this mission of revenge and it, it I, I i do feel like jordy's making a lot of very interesting storytelling decisions with the color in this like you described how alien the vision looks and they all look and I, I feel a lot of that is these colors that she uses, like the weird sort of bubblegum pink that their skin is. Like, it's not, it's not, it's garish, but not terribly overstated. I don't know. It really, it really pulls you in. It, and then like those, it, I think it even works. I think the setting of these two books mm-hmm. definitely makes a difference. Yeah. Because when you compare it to Magneto, Magneto is, stark and was extraordinarily violent um Mm -hmm. even this book has its moments of violence but they are they're generally offset against the peace and quiet of you know our expectations of suburbia um i think because like it's like a suburban household with like there's some there's some pastels thrown in there like you know and but mostly it's just like hey it's a house and look everything looks normal yep and then you have the visions and they are pink Mm-hmm. And they have, you know, those the the weird joints, and they're like everything, like it's you you like that we've talk, mentioned multiple times. Vision just wants to be normal. He wants to be a normal a normal person with a normal family. And everything in every issue is about how these people these these creations of his are not normal, mm-hmm. and they can't be normal. They fly to school. They lift pianos over their head. They don't eat. Like, and everything they do to make them, like, everything Vision does to make them more normal just makes it worse. Yeah. Like that scene where they go to dinner with Victor. <laughs> In 45 minutes, just charge us for this food. Don't yeah. actually make it. Yeah. Don't, no, we don't make the food we ordered, but just wait a, a amount of time it would take for you to make it and us to eat it and then give us a bill. Yeah. And just, like, sending those kids to high school. Yeah. No, Jordy colored Magneto too. Okay, I like the way this looks better. I think it's it, it's good that they were they were a creative team on that as well. I do think that maybe just working on something together again that they they just sort of learned to work with each other a little bit better because this is I think much nicer. I I think it's more interesting. Yeah, I I, yeah. I, I like I don't necessarily notice an appreciable difference in Alt- Walt's art. I think he is. Mm-hmm. I think to like his consistency is part of what makes the book 
like so, yeah. so appealing is that like it needs to be that way. You know, it reminds. I just I just feel like he was doing a lot more Dylan face than he was doing in this, and it could just be that we're following around characters that he can draw and make appealing versus the uh, the incidental characters. I don't know. It's, it just it, looks better all around to me. It's as much, and it's it's much fo- much more focused. You know, it is. It aside from that fight scene, you know, when we see the other superheroes in very very small parts, like it is mostly like, hey, it's like a bunch of, it's the visions and Victor for a couple issues, like and a couple like the kids at, from like from school, like there's not a like it's not a big cast, and like it, it is. You feel like you're living with them. Like, I, it, it is perfectly grounded in the location. Like, it, like, mm. I, and I think that is equal parts the art and the writing. Like, how often do you hear, like, we get a zip code? Yeah. Like, it's a place that's not New York City in the Marvel Universe. And it, it that always, that always makes me happy. Like, it bothers me. That, that just for so many years, that's all there was. Yeah. And like, I, I feel like if you're going to choose a setting that's not New York City, and, and, and I think it's important in a book like this because I think New York City in the Marvel Universe is so grandiose and fantastic. You have Stark, you know, Stark Tower and all that. You know, you walk down the street and you see Spider Man swinging by. You know, like that, mm-hmm. kind of, it's ingrained in our head. When you push the book away and you move it towards. Washington, you know, you put it towards Washington D.C. and you put it in a suburb of Washington D.C. It like, in like, in, it grounds the book in like, hey, this is this isn't a crazy place like New York City. Like, this is a normal place. Superheroes don't live here, except Vision does now. And I mean, I like you read. Did you read um, Tom King's Afterward in this? I did not. It, I feel I regret that I haven't. It's well, I mean, every every single person in, who worked on the book has a, like a little blurb at the end, uh, and, mm. and Tom King's is the longest, and he talks about you know he we talked about this when we talked about Sheriff of Babylon. He you know he worked for the CIA, uh, and he lived in a place kind of like this. Yeah, and you can kind of see that experience. Like I, I feel like be, that's you. It needs to be stark. You know the surround, the location, the setting. Everyone's reactions needs to be stark. It needs to be these needs to be these weirdo superheroes. And it's not like it's Captain America. It's not Thor. It is Vision, who is a robot. He's segmented. He's pink, like green hair. Well, he doesn't have green. He hair. He doesn't have green hair. But the family. He wears green in one of his costumes. He does. I think that. That really makes a lot more sense because with Tom King's background, like I struggled to see what it is, like how his experience helped him to make this. Like that's, I think that talking about living in a place like this, I don't know that this is exactly his experience, but after coming back and experiencing the sheriff of Babylon, he probably felt very sort of, cold and alien and very much bigger than a small place like this you know it's a place that was even though it's like you know it's right outside dc and you like there's senators and the president and all that it's still it's still suburban it's still a small world i don't yeah. know it, yeah like it, 
I think that he, he's not going to get run out of town on a rail for being like a weird robot man. But I don't know. This definitely comes from a place of like real feelings, you know, the way that like maybe Southern Bastards does, you know. Yeah. I think it's interesting that he could write something like this, tie it in so deeply uh, to Marvel history because it, you're, I think you're correct that it couldn't work without that that backstory that you feel even if you haven't read all these Vision comics. Because I, I had never read us. I Vision was completely off my radar before we read this Vision number one. I certainly haven't read all of these books that they reference in this. I, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm more like I've read some, and then I'm kind of aware of his history, you know, and. I I knew none of that. Like the first time I'd even heard what the hell Ultron was was when I read um, Runaways. You know, like uh, they're just like it's the worst bad guy ever. And I'm like, okay, who is this? And it was Ultron. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what that is. That's a stupid name. Well, it, 60s. No, of course. I'm. It's it's comics. What are you gonna do? I I feel like there's people who've called the this the sheriff of babylon this and omega men like a weird trilogy mm-hmm. like a weird set and i i can definitely see kind of thematic similarities between all yeah. three in that it is like in the last issue you know virginia ends up sacrificing herself to save vision's reputation and 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 his life basically cuz if he was complicit in all this he couldn't be a superhero anymore, theoretically. But, like, in that one page, Virginia did the right thing, or she did the wrong thing, or she just did what everyone does. She saved what she could. And, like, I feel like all three of those books are about having to compromise yourself mm. and not necessarily make the decision you want to make, the best decision, yeah. but making a decision that... It's it's about making do in a, a completely imperfect scenario. Yeah, in like, oh, I'm, I am, tr- I am doing my like in Sheriff of Babylon. I'm doing my best yeah. in in this o- occupied zone where everyone hates everyone and mm-hmm. everyone is wrong. Everyone is wrong. There's no no one is 100 percent right, and I'm just trying to survive and try and save people as I can, but it's almost impossible. And you know. I feel like Omega Men, I, I don't think, I think I'm more hired on than you are, but I still don't think that it is on the level of either. I think this is the best. I like this more than Seraph of Babylon and m- far more than Omega Men. But that's, Omega- that's, that's a tall order, but I think I probably agree with you. Sheriff of Babylon's incredible, though. Sheriff of Babylon is still very, very good. I think Omega it's, Man is also about, like, I am a superhero that is in league suddenly with these terrorists, and everything is compromised, and it doesn't matter what I choose, and I'm just trying to do my best, and it doesn't matter. Like, I'm still failing. I'm just trying to trying to save a life if I can. And, like, this book is, like, Vision is trying to do the impossible. Mm-hmm. He's, he's doing NP. He's trying to. Trying yeah. to. He's trying to m- calculate something that is not calculable. And that's that is kind of that is definitely what this is about. Is it about him trying to do something that's just completely beyond him? Like it's I don't know. Like none of this is a good idea. It might have lined up to him logically, but it didn't. It just doesn't add up. Uh, like it. It 
I feel like in be- it is in, in envision trying to do something that is basically screwed from the get go. Like it's in, mm-hmm. there's no yeah. he is more human, more normal. Like that is the most normal thing about him in this story. In the fact that that is a very human thing to do. Going, I'm going to try and do this impossible thing, and it's going to fall apart. And I'm going to still keep doing it, even though I'm. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. Like when that moment where he doubles down and brings home a dog that is the is sort of his neighbor's dog that died. <laughs> that just that which is pretty grotesque. Yeah, and like those, and I think I really like the use. I mentioned like there are a few moments of extreme violence in this, and I I think they also offset the normalcy of the setting. You know, like that moment where he just has a dog's brain in his hand, and mm-hmm. it's completely fine. Like that, it's just a, it's so crazy that I don't, I could not hold a dog's brain in my, especially a dog that I just picked up and brought into my basement. Like if mm-hmm. I I just couldn't do it, I am not capable. And Vision's just like, no, this is fine. I'm going to put this in this machine. We're going to make a new dog. Our dog, a dog for us. And I'm going to lie to my neighbors who die shortly after. <laughs> and that's, that's, I don't know. That's, that's what's, it's fascinating that way that he's so blind. Like he understands these emotional things, but in like a hyper rational way. You know, the way that he was criticizing um, or not criticizing the way that he was describing like, oh, the custom is to say uh, they seem nice. Right. Yeah. To where I don't know. People understand it emotionally. And that's something that he just doesn't get. He he tries to he analyzes it. Yeah. And, or- and it's the same thing that, like you said, you have those emotional ties that you wouldn't be able to pick that up and like, well, now I can make a new dog. To where it's the kind of thing that it's so part of his character that, like, well, just we can make a dog with this. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> this will save my family. This yes. will stop everything from falling apart. I can use this dog's brain. It 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 is a perspective on humanity that is technically correct. <laughs> But emotionally and it, it, like it is jarringly wrong. It's it's kind of this book also sort of says something about you know otherness or um, I don't know about being special. However you want to yeah yeah describe it you know standing out too much because that's one of the main things that goes wrong for him. It's why that man was just trying to blackmail him. He's like I just want you to leave. I don't want you near me, not in my backyard. Yeah. And it's that same thing that his creepy, like, computer brain and his super logical, like, I don't know. That's what's kind of so fascinating about him is he's, like, trapped between both those worlds and that he's this robot that can fall in love Mm -hmm. but, like, can't, like, emotionally relate to a lot of people doesn't see the harm in, in taking a dog's brain out and doing whatever. Just, I don't know, doesn't feel anything. Like, it's it's interesting. It, it, it really does make him just incredibly fascinating. Do you have any criticism? 
Yeah, I don't think I want more of it. Well, I, I don't think I need to see more of it. I mean, I, maybe it would be amazing. It would because have. This was this was incredibly amazing. I, I would if they make another Vision comic that is trying to be something different again, like this mm. was different. I will give it a shot. Yeah, I would want it to be another kind of different. I would want another person trying to do what Tom King was doing with this book and like trying to do something that was completely alien to, in like a superhero world. And I don't know what that is. Like, I, I don't know. Like there's certainly a place for Vision's story to go. Like now he's a single dad with Viv. Like Viv's a superhero on her own terms as well. Now in champions. And like you see that kind of ominous, whatever he's building at the very end of this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mean you could do something? I like it. Can't be Vision breaks bad again. Yeah, it has. It has to be another totally different thing. And I'm not gonna say it's gonna be as good as this, but I would love to see more stories with this Vision. You know, as long as it got the voice right again, even if it's a different direction. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard task. That's a difficult task. No, I'm I'm sure it would be. I don't know that I would want to read a Jason Aaron version of this the more that I think about it. I mean, I'm sure he'd do a good job. I, I don't know. I kind of don't. This has said everything that it needed to say. I don't. Yeah, it is. I don't it want is, it to say anything it else. Is, it's it's too beautiful and too perfect. It is perfectly constructed. It is. Yes. Every issue has exactly like the pacing, the tone, the cliffhangers from issue to issue, the mm-hmm. The amount of story that is told in 12 issues is exactly the right amount. And I have, I think I would enjoy a Jason Aaron book, a Jason Aaron vision, because I don't think Jason Aaron would agree to write one unless he had something to say, unless he thought he had a good idea. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, and certainly he has the cachet with the Marvel now that if he wants, if he had a, 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 a if they were like, you want to do this book? And he said no, they'd be like, okay. You know, I, I don't think he would, he probably, is successful enough that he doesn't need to be, he's not pressured in anything, even ex- internally or externally. Like, I feel like he wouldn't write uh, a vision unless he had something to say that a se- like in a sequel to this in mm. a sor- sort of way. But I don't. Why do you think Warren Ellis wouldn't do it? Uh, one, he's super busy with that. Oh, I wild, get that. that so wild is storm. No, I mean, but. So, so is everybody, but you think he's just, uh, Wildstorm is going to go on for too long? It's. Uh, Reading his newsletter, like how much he, like a couple next years he has planned out, it seems like I have this many projects and I don't, like he, I, I feel like he has a lot of commitments. Yeah. He asks everyone who's busy. I, I feel like he would do it if Marvel ba- dumped a boatload of money on his lap, but I, I don't, don't think this would be, I don't think it would be worth it. I don't, I don't think. I, he, I mean, in terms of like, I don't, this book is amazing. I don't think that. This has been like a blockbuster. This is a beautiful piece of art, and I'm sure it's done relatively well. It's done very well for the kind of book it is. Yeah. No, exactly. It's not doing Civil War 2 numbers, but... Yeah. I well, I mean, to be fair, that's a much better book. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the face across the internet. You, you, your arms are not that long. Oh, I know. Uh, I feel like they are... they Any kind of... Like recognition now is enough to warrant another book. Mm. Like, and they will, and like they'll tr- give it a try. And if it's not, if it doesn't sell, or if it's not good, well, then eh, whatever. And I feel like I am 
happy that Tom King got to finish this story, this arc. You know, I would have he had more planned. He had other stories he could have told with Vision. He said so himself. But yeah. this this is kind of the, he had a finite end for this arc. Uh, and I this will always exist. And it's going to I this is going to go down as one of the best superhero comics ever. Mm. I don't disagree with that even a little bit. It's it. it, I don't know. It like reading that first issue, even like the first time I read the first issue, I went, I I am, I am, I'm struck. I, this is something really special. Yeah. And week after week, it never disappointed me. Not one time. They smash a lot of tables at the vision house. They Keep do. buying them. They do. They go. Vision fl- flies over to IKEA and grabs a nice new table. <laughs> no, they don't lack for entertainment. It's so good. It is so good. It is remarkably good. I would recommend to everyone. Every person on Earth should read this comic. Every human and every robot with some kind of degree of emotions. Yes. Dogs fl- flying in this panel. It's really funny. Yeah. Again, normalcy. Let's go play fetch. Mm-hmm. The dog can fly. The dog goes. The dog faces through the door. There's so much in this that I could we could talk about, like the Shakespeare stuff. The 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 like. There's Asimov stuff in here too. Like there's a lot. It, it there's a lot of depth as well. That are that is a lot of uh, literary illusions. I really enjoyed. Uh, I that I think are the right amount. I I, I don't know. I could. I could sing this book's praises for hours. I think that it would be truly worthwhile to do so. All right. So, folks, Vision 1 through 12, out now. Go buy them all. It's so good. Next week, we are reading Hellboy in Hell 1 through 10. All of the all of it. I'm, I'm not sure how they collected it, but I think it's, it's probably two trades. But either way, all of Hellboy in Hell. It's a complete thing. Uh, Mike Mignola. Hellboy we haven't read any Hellboy on here. We've read a couple, I think, a couple issues in floppies from associated Mignola verse, but nothing, no, no direct Hellboy. Mm-hmm. We've avoided Hell pretty well. Speak for yourself. Just sent Godzilla to Hell. <laughs> it's on sale. Um, I think that'll do it for today. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find everything there. Links to our Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Our Twitter, which is H, at HBC Hour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, reach out to us any of those places, like follow, subscribe, uh, you know, those words, media, social media words. If you, re- if you are a fan, if you like the show, Please give us a five-star review on iTunes, subscribe on any podcast service you use. really helps us out. Every single one helps get new listeners to the show. We really do appreciate it. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts for leaving us a nice, tidy review. <laughs> bottom of our hearts. The, the very bottom. The very bottom. You can find me on Twitter at MixMasterSerial. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? What a super good question. You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. It includes my poster store. Uh, and you can see most of the other things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram, where I'm known as EZGoodnight, and my Twitter, where I am at Mr. Bad Example, spelled MR Bad Example. With that, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. <laughs>